0: We're starting off a new series this week, um, and we're going to run with it for a couple of weeks, and it's called Miracles. Miracles. Now, we know that we don't seek God's face just to see His hand move. We seek His face because we want to have a relationship with Him. But there's a very important thing about miracles, and the subtitle there says is to know God and to make Him known. I want to talk about that today the next season of our church we're going to go through we're about to go into a big faith journey and we need to prepare ourselves accordingly so um, at the end of today's service I'm going to talk details about our fasting week we call it seek week seek week not sick week because we pray against sickness in this place but seek week. We want to seek the face and the word and the and the, and the and the truth of God. But we're going to be going to a journey of faith together and uh, um, intense time of prayer and fasting. And so we want to invite you guys. If you've never prayed and fasted together with that, I'm going to tell you a bit about that, how to do that, why we do that. Um, but invite you to join with us this week as we truly consecrate one of the first weeks of our year to hear of God's. To hear God's voice about this year and to go into this year with His perspective, His plans, His agenda, front and center of our minds. Amen. And so today I'd like to set the stage for us. And that stage is Jesus Christ and His mission. Killed my my, my Apple thing. Um, And. And because one of the core values of our church is to have Jesus as Lord, as King enthroned above everything we do, every area of our lives, I want to make sure that we understand even miracles are, as much as they are there to serve us, they're there to make God known. They're there to amplify and exalt Jesus and glorify Jesus and bring His kingdom to earth. So I have a great announcement for us today, and it's Kind of like why, you know, part of, not just all of but part of why we are going to be trusting God for big things this year. Last week, we were kind of like in the final stretches of seeing this come to fruition. It's been something that we've literally worked on now for almost seven months in the background. And um, we didn't know if it was if it was ready yet, but last week on Tuesday in the evening, I uh, got a confirmation that this has actually happened. And so y'all, the time of us being in this cinema has finally come to an end. As much as this place has been an incredible blessing to us, as much as I do not care where we do church uh, that much, it can be anywhere as long as it serves our needs Right. It can be a storefront. It can be an old church building. It can be a cinema. It's not about the building. It's about this group of people that are in this house here today. But we found a venue that will definitely serve our needs better. And it's going to take us a step of faith to get into it. But we're trusting God that by the end of April, we will be there to step into it it's going to take a slight remodel it's going to take a little bit of patience and faith but i believe that god has prepared for us a place that we can call home for a specific season in which we will get ready to build our own house on the property that god blessed us with and so last week we were talking about just this is what we're trusting god for uh, only us interim venue while we get ready to build on our property and praise god um, and big thanks to to, uh, to Chuck. Um, I can't even remember who all helped me on this. Who helped speak to the police jury? If You called your jury person and you kind of like you know wrung r- his arm till it bled and and, and forced them to like not just force, just encourage them. You know, friendly um, with some five-fold ministry. Now I'm just kidding. Um, to help us get this approved, um, praise God, it has finally been approved by the police jury. We're going to rent. This venue behind us here, it's called the old USDA building. Um, And the USDA have been building a facility for themselves north of the interstate. And uh, we are about to sign our contracts. Everything has been approved to be able to get in there, do a bit of a remodel and get ourselves there. So guys, praise the Lord. We're gonna have our own space. We're not gonna have to set up and strike down that much anymore. We're going to be able to put our instruments in place and leave them there. For those of you who are not using personal instruments, um, our children's environments will be uh, way more conducive to, um, to learning and uh, to building great friendships with the kids. Um, and it's going uh, to involve just a, a, a feeling of, hey, we're, we're getting a, a rented home uh, till we are ready to build us our own. And so I, I don't know about you, but I am just absolutely stoked about that. Um, I also know that it's going to require some faith to get there. Um, and so we will be speaking about that a li- little bit more. Um, I will uh, just bring um, just a, a, a small plan to us in, in the next coming weeks. And if you want to be a part of this to make it happen, I would like to just tell you that this is happening. We're doing this. It's going to happen, and if you would like, and if you feel the Lord is saying, yes, I want to contribute to this, I want to be a part of this, come and speak to me. This is not a building campaign that we're launching. We're saving that for the time when we're getting ready to do our own building, Um, but we do require some uh, investment into this place, and we're going to be using it for about five years, because that's how long it's going to take our church to grow the muscle, to be able to build us the type of facility we want On our land and I know sometimes five years seems long but y'all we've been here in the States for almost five years now but it seems like we came yesterday right I know I know Crowley only saw the last three years of it but the bottom line is for us we feel like we've been here that long and it only feels like we just arrived Um, so five years goes about real quick if your focus is Jesus and your focus is lives being reached and lives being changed uh, not you know, what type of facility we're in. But um, I believe this is going to serve our church well. And so praise God for that. But we're definitely stepping into a season of miracles. This building here is just temporary. And then we're going to trust God for the miracle of having our own house on our own property. And this is just material things. How many lives do we trust God will be saved, will be changed, will be transformed in the process? How many people will find that true relationship with Jesus again? How many people that have been disappointed by maybe, you know, church, maybe maybe just life, uh, will be able to and restoration in their relationship with Jesus while we're busy? building this church and so i want to encourage you to um, now is it's great time to be a part of this church because god is in doing incredible things among us um, if you didn't watch our new year's service that was broadcast over our social media channels i want to encourage you just to go and watch that service you know i got some amazing comments from that people not knowing really how wide and how big you know, our reach is already stretching. How many people we are already ministering to, how many um, uh, missionary organizations we're partnering with, and how many lives are being changed on the regular. Um, and we tell some of those stories uh, in that broadcast. And so uh, you are going to be blessed by just going and watching it. Just see what God has done in the last year, 2022. And, um, and we're trusting God for way more of the same in the, in the year to come. Um, and so I want to I I head into our miracle series with just a small intro today. This is not going to be a, a very thick teaching, but I want to set the stage right for us to focus and to turn our eyes to Jesus. There is a principle of giving the first fruit of all of your increase in the Bible. And the principle was that if you Honor God with the first fruit. He blesses the the, the rest of it. And so I want to take that principle on our time. We are all being given another year and trusting that this will be a full year for each and every one of us. But one of the best things you can do with the beginning of a year is to give a portion of it in search of God's agenda for that year. So I want to invite you guys to come with us on this journey and to seek God's face during this week for his plans. And, and I promise you that if you would honor God with the first fruit of your increase, that he will bless the rest. So, with Jesus' mission in mind, in Matthew 28, verse 16 to 20, he called his disciples together. He said to them, go to Galilee, to the mountain that uh, he directed them. And verse 17 says, And they saw him when he came to them, and they worshipped him, but some doubted. And this is Jesus' actions after that. Verse 18. He came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, so go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to observe all that I have commanded you, And know that I'm with you always to the end of the age. We always read chapter 28 verse 18 to 20 because that's the place where Jesus commands. But I found in the previous two verses, there's an incredible context that sometimes we miss. It says in verse 17, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And yet it's amazing how that did not deter Jesus from giving even the doubters his authority to go and make disciples. I don't know where you're at in your journey of faith, whether you're just trying to figure things out, whether you're just trying to get into connecting with God again, or whether you're kind of on the go and you just got it going, whether you're a veteran in the faith. Each and every one of us here have been given the authority by Christ to make disciples. That means he's included you. However you are struggling much, you you are included. You are included. You are noticed. You are loved. You are not forgotten. He wants you a part of it. And he's going to journey with you and make sure that you grow to that place where you are confident and competent to step out into that calling if you will allow him and if you will continue to engage him. So my encouragement to you this year is just continue to engage him. Just continue to take small faith steps Toward him and he will guide you and show you the rest of the way. The amazing thing we read in, in Acts 1, which the book of Acts is, um, is an incredible book because it's so, it's so uh, relatable. Because it now talks about the people that follow Jesus, continuing Jesus' ministry. Now it's no longer Christ, the Lord, the King, the God himself on earth. Now it's mere people like you and I, that believed and even doubted, but received the authority and tried to step out that continues the ministry that Jesus started through the church on earth. That's you and I. The book of Acts is about you and I. It's about how we take up that responsibility of the church reaching the rest of the world with the gospel of Jesus. And it's amazing because it reveals so much about God's love, grace, grace, but also his power that is available through each and every one of us. In verse 8, it says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit come upon, come, comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. In the book of Hebrews, there's a great verse. Verse 4, it says, Then God added his witness to theirs, and he validated their ministry with signs, Astonishing wonders and all kind of powerful miracles. And by the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which he distributed as he desired. When we align ourselves with the mission of God, it says here, he adds his witness. He adds his stamp of approval on what we do. And it brings us to that place of understanding a little bit about the why of miracles but let me first say that in the book of acts we see how the holy spirit empowers leads and guides us as god's people to advance his kingdom this theme is constantly um, brought out through the book of acts we see amazing things but they always pull us back to the lordship of jesus they always pull us back to the original intent of god through sending jesus And it always pulls us in and includes us to be a part of that Um, and to see ourselves in it. It's almost as if the book of Acts is still being written, right? It's almost like it's continuous. It's still being lived out by the church. So in Matthew 28, Jesus gave his disciples what is known as the Great Commission. We were commissioned. We were sent. You know, part of, one of the, the gifts of, 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 of the church that Jesus gave to the church is that of an, the apostolic. And the word apostle simply means sent one, right? The one who was sent. And here's the beauty about that. That gift was given to the church so that everybody in the church will be reminded that they are being sent out. We are all sent ones. You are sent to your classroom, to your business, to your community. You are sent to wherever you're working, wherever you're involved, to your, to your school, to your university. You are being sent there to fulfill this mission of Jesus. And as we align ourselves to it, as we make that become front and center of our existence, we can expect God to add his witness through confirming his truth through these miraculous things that help people's eyes go open. Throughout the Old Testament, the Spirit of God would come upon people for a specific time to do miraculous things and then the Spirit would depart from them again. But the amazing thing is after Jesus Christ's resurrection and ascension, he sent his Spirit to abide on the church who's the church we are the church that means he sent his spirit to come and stay with us on us so that it's no longer just moments but it's a lifestyle of being led by the spirit a lifestyle of being used by the spirit being empowered by the holy spirit That's why in Matthew 28, when he gives them the commission, it's important to see Acts 1, where he now gives us the ability to actually fulfill that commission. As humans, we are unable to fulfill that commission. We need the more ability, the bigger power of the Holy Spirit on us and in us to be able to successfully follow in the footsteps of these men and women of Acts. Through the gifts of the Holy Spirit, Jesus has given his disciples the supernatural power to be his witnesses and live a life that honors him. And so when we're pursuing to see God's miracles happen for people's lives, it's inevitable that we also understand the person of the Holy Spirit. Because the pursuit of miracle power is only empowered by the presence and the inner working in the intervention of the Holy Spirit. The book of Acts is marked with all of these interventions of divine nature. And the beauty of it is that Acts was never supposed to be done. It continues to this day through you and I. So you and I can trust God for the miraculous. The dictionary defined a miracle as a divine intervention in human affairs. How many of you need some divine intervention in your affairs, right? I mean, we've all been in that place. But the good news is that God is still intervening today. Miracles is a reality. And those who don't see it are actually more often those who think and believe it's not possible or who choose not to see it because if we truly open our eyes, we are confronted with it very often. God still loves to cause miracles to happen, to show his truthfulness in the gospel to people. He still loves to do that. And it's still happening. He demonstrates his power to show his love to people, through people, so that the world might know him. And more accurately understand who he is and wants to be for us. But here's the key. God's miracles are always attached to his mission. God's miracles are always attached to his mission. Why? Because it's meant to glorify Jesus, not just to get you out of a bind. And so often we see God from the miraculous, but it's self-centered. And God is very selective how he intervenes in human affairs. But what you can understand and what you can know is that when he's His word is on the line. You will be faithful to confirm. Miracles are tied to the mission. And so it leads me to this statement that God performs miracles so that we can know him and let him be known. God wants you to know him better and more. You know, when, when Moses was called to go and deliver the Israelites, he asked God this incredible question. He asked God this. He said, Who shall I say sent me? Like, by which authority am I to go and speak to the most powerful leader in the earth at that time to tell him that he should let his slaves go? By whose authority am I to do this? You know, it's interesting God's answer there. You would think God would start describing, you know, the Trinity and the, you know, the the fact that he is the almighty God, the creator of all things. And how he has even created Pharaoh and Pharaoh, you know, is just his, um, you know, his pawn to to move and use as he wants to. But God doesn't even do any of that. God simply says to Moses, tell him, I am sent you. That's, That's like. That that boggled my mind for so long. What does that even mean? I am. (laughs) It has profound, profound meaning. But relevant to our talk today is simply this. As you walk with me, you will learn to know me. I am in every situation who I need to be so that you will know me and you will be able to let me be known. So getting to know God is in the journey. You can only know this much about God before committing to to following Him. If you don't commit into following Him, that's it. That's where your experience of Him is going to end. And therefore, that's where your revelation of Him will end. But if you say, Lord, this is scary, but I want to know You. And see, that's why Steps of Faith is always first and foremost motivated not by what we can achieve, but by what we can know of Him getting to know him more that's what we want to have people understand is knowing god that's what we're about N- but not just knowing him this much progressively like um, in the amplified version philippians 3 says progressively becoming more deeply and intimately acquainted with him always as we journey with him we get to know him more He wants to come through for your need because he wants you to know his full character. Is he a provider? Yes, he's a provider. Is he a healer? Yes, he's a healer. Is he an answer giver in a moment of confusion? Yes, he's an answer given because he is I am. Lord, can you help me with this? Yes, I can. But He wants to answer your prayers so that through that, others might get to know Him. How many of you have had God intervene in your life before in an amazing way? Now, let me ask you this. When you talk about God, do you remember what He had done for you? Do you encourage other people with how He has come through for you? You see, how how He has walked with you has revealed Him to you. And now when somebody's going through something, you say, let me tell you something. Back in a while ago, I was going through X, Y, and Z, and there I found him. I found him to be my solution, to be my answer, to be my whatever need you had. And now you can say to someone, this God, he does not do for other people simply because he has favorites. He does for us because we trust. He's moved by our faith not by our status. So he will do the same for you if you will take a step of faith with him. The Bible says, if you will draw near to me, I will draw near to you. God always wants to see a step from us toward him before he kicks into gear. That's why this is a journey of faith. But he wants to be there for you. He wants to be that answer for you so that you can get to know Him for who He truly is. And secondly, so that you can make Him known to those around you as who you have discovered Him, as whom you have witnessed Him to be. Because He simply asks us to be witnesses of what we have seen, what we have experienced. I sometimes think that our witnessing is a factor of our experience, of our our, our testifying, sorry, is a factor of our witnessing. If we find it hard to talk about God, is it maybe because we don't really know what to talk about? That we've known him conceptually, maybe from a distance, as the man upstairs? Or have we come to know him intimately as I am? in everything that I have needed him to be and to help me with in the past. So today, as we kickstart our seven days of prayer and fasting, our Sikh week, I want to talk to you a little bit about why we fast. Because so often I've found that it's difficult for us to really get into something if we don't understand why. And if we don't have kind of like the, the tangible steps that we need to take to do it, it's, it's like we're in limbo. It's like, yeah, I want to do it, but I'm like, mm, where do, how, do I, how do I get going, started? So before we go out here today, I want to make sure that you know exactly what we're going to do this week and how you can participate in it so that this, this cause of knowing God might be kick-started in your life. So I'm going to get real practical now. I'm going to get real like, like simple right now. So that this profound truth of the I am wanting to reveal himself to you might be tangible, might be reachable for each and every one of us this week. Is that okay? So here's what fasting is. Fasting is a spiritual tool that God uses to advance his kingdom. It's a spiritual tool. And through fasting, God has changed the destiny of nations, sparked revivals, and brought victory to people's lives. It was during fasting that God confirmed for my wife and I that we needed to come here and be a part of this church. Sometimes Jesus said to his disciples when they couldn't, heal a boy or drive a demon out of him it is necessary for us to stand still with God for a little bit to fast and to pray and to gain the perspective that we need before we take more steps moving forward so that we know exactly what we need to do to enact his will in the situation So this is a normal practice of our church. But I want to emphasize that it cannot be just a tradition. It cannot just be something that we go, oh, it's that time of the year again. Now we need to understand that fasting and especially bringing a first fruit of the increase of a new year to the Lord is a very, very significant. It's a very spiritual act. It's a very important thing. And that we need to treat it with the holy reverence that it requires for it to be able to actually work into us what is necessary for our lives to be transformed. So during this fasting time, we want to humble ourselves before the Lord. We want to come in an acknowledging attitude like, Lord, we have plans, but we surely don't know it all. We have dreams and hopes, and, and man, we're, we're sometimes pretty bold about what we're going to do. I'm, I'm the first one to say, if I have a plan to do something, man, very little can tell me that it's not going to work. But during fasting, we need to come and say, Lord, I acknowledge that this might not work. In fact, what I want to say is that if you don't build this with me, I know it's not going to work. Unless the Lord builds the house, those labor, labor in vain, right? And let's just change out that word house. Unless the Lord builds the church. Unless the Lord builds the the family. Unless the Lord builds what more? The faith. the faith, our faith, yeah. Unless the Lord builds our business. Unless the Lord builds my career. Unless the Lord builds my ministry. My term in office. Unless the Lord builds my teaching approach, my mind, my perspective, everything I do is laboring in vain. And so let us humble ourselves together this season, this week, to acknowledge that we truly need God to come and build this house with us. House being a placeholder for whatever we said. Let's consecrate ourselves to him. You know, once you humble yourself and you realize, man, I can't do this on my own. How foolish will it be to then just stand up and go and try and do it on your own? <laughs> Before you were at least confident that you might work. <laughs> now you've acknowledged that it's not going to work. <laughs> and now you get up and you go try and do it on your own. That's just a recipe for disaster. That's what consecration is. It's okay, Lord. <laughs> How do you want me to do this? How do you want me to do this? Let me come in alignment with your mission for my life. Because then I know it's going to work out. If we seek first his kingdom, his righteous ways, if we first allow him to build the house, he says that he will add the rest that we need. But there is a priority in Christianity and Jesus is it. My needs aren't it. And it's difficult to hear, but it's the truth. But the beauty of that truth, if you will embrace it, is that your need will be met by I am. As you walk with him, as you humble yourself and and, and step away from I got this and consecrate ourselves and say, Lord, how would you like us to move forward? And thirdly, to agree corporately for the things that we're trusting God for. What are you trusting God for? Last week I shared some of the things that I'm trusting God for for our year. Please go and listen to last week. I, it was it was an amazing time of just kind of giving an overview of where our church is at. I can't repeat everything today because otherwise I will go over. And, you know, recently I realized that there's a very fine line between, you know, a hostage situation and a sermon that won't end. So <laughs> I confess that I have held some people hostage, maybe minimally here now and then. But I humble myself and consecrate myself to try better this year and end uh, my sermons at 11. All right. But you know what the Bible says where where brothers dwell in unity, the Lord commands a blessing. Have you done something that just worked out effortlessly? It's like you were walking in sync with the universe, right? The Bible actually talks about that. That's when the favor of the Lord is on us when His unmerited favor, when His grace leads us, when we're in sync with Him and we've consecrated ourselves to His way of doing things, He tends to go ahead of us and prepare the way for us to walk in. We tend to come into situations and it's already been figured out for us. We tend to, we call it providence. Wow, that was providential. What does that mean? That means that God was simply preparing the way because your way is pleasing him. In fact, you're walking in the way that he's preparing. I want us as a church to, to do this, to walk in the unforced rhythms of God's grace. In other words, when we start striving to get something done, then we've missed it. That's when we get tired, burnt out. That's when, you know, we start going into the flesh and I try to, you know, uh, you know, manipulate people, which I'm very, 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 very sensitive to manipulation. I, I live my life rather asking less of people than I should and could because I want to make sure that I'm on the right side of not spiritually controlling people, manipulating people, shaming and guilting people into doing stuff. If you're in this church, you will be doing things because you feel a tug from the Holy Spirit, not a, not a, not a, not a push behind from me. And when we have conversations about you and your journey with Jesus, that's what we want to find out. It's like, where is the Holy Spirit tugging on your heart? What is he doing in your life? Now, I know that he wants to take you places, but I need to manage that very carefully. And we all need to manage that very carefully, right? We want to make sure that, um, that he is the one that's guiding the way and we walk into places that have been prepared for us. Now, that does not mean that sometimes we don't come across a resistance and that we need to push through and we need to persevere and long suffer to to go through it. But there is a a wisdom to seeing God's and wanting to see God's favor on our lives and opening up doors for us. I believe that this this new venue, now, let's be clear, it took seven months for it to come to fruition, right? Right? And yet, through all of it, the hard, the 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 difficulty, the struggle to get it there, never did we feel that we were not walking in God's grace when we were encountering and engaging it, and we could see God's grace even to the very end when it became like a critical moment. We saw the hand of God move on our behalf to make it possible for us to even get into an amazing venue like that. So by the way, it's going to be about as big a building as this. This is an 8,000 square foot building, (laughs) y'all. And it's going to be ours, like for every day of the week. Offices, for meetings, for worship nights for doing outreaches from, for leading worship services, youth services, children's ministry services. Just incredible. But that's what the favor of God helps do. He helps us to achieve things that in our physical ability we are not able to achieve. And I'll just say this, that if normal protocol and, and nobody did nothing wrong, just, just so, so, so that I, I, I don't like make it look weird. But if, if, if reality went along as it should have, we should have never been able to get into that building. It's a miracle. It's a miracle and God gets the glory. But that's what it is when we corporately agree on things. And when we come, you pursue Jesus in your part. I pursue Jesus on my part. And together we're trusting God for His mission to be front and center. Man, let me tell you, things will start breakthrough for you in your personal life, in your kids' lives, in your in your workplace life. Uh, people that you trust in God for prayer requests that you have, we're gonna start seeing God move on our behalf. So I want us to all go from here with that plan to go and and put him first during this week. So let me run through a couple of things to describe why we fast. I need some water. First point is that Jesus fasted. Before Jesus launched his ministry, he was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after four, fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, Bible says he was hungry. The amazing thing was that throughout that period of fasting and enduring and the temptation, God was able to empower Jesus um, to go out and do the ministry that he was meant to do. In Luke 4.14, we, we hear this being said about Jesus, that he returned from the wilderness In the power of the Spirit, he went to Galilee. And because of that, people started talking about him. There was like immediately like news was spreading about Jesus. And he came out of that fasting period having a focus and having the power of the Holy Spirit to fulfill the mission that God placed on him. And he needed that he was gonna need, he knew that he was going to need that spiritual strength. So that's why the Holy Spirit brought him there because he needed that strength. Y'all, we need the strength of God to get this year and to go through and to, 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 to see the things that God has opened up for us. but how many of you, <laughs> it's like when you stand in front of uh, the Israelites in front of the Red Sea, right They still had to go through it. <laughs> okay? Yes, we're free. God wants to lead us into things, but it's always going to require faith to step into it, to try. Just trust Him and go. So this for us is one of those moments where as a church family, we're going to just have to trust and go. Trust that He's brought and He's prepared the path for us. But as we go, I believe we're going to see the unforced rhythms of His grace and His favor preparing the path for us. And He wants us to all be in agreement and in unity for that. Fasting makes us spiritually strong and it prepares us for God's work. Why? Because when we do God's work, the devil doesn't like it. And he will come to try and resist and frustrate and confuse. And we need the focus that we gain. We need the spiritual strength we gain from spending time in his presence. To be able to withstand those attempts and continue to in faith. Have enough faith so we can continue to say yes to him. Right? How many of you know sometimes the promises of God, is, they're scary. You don't know, can you do it? And the problem is sometimes we can't do it. But if we'll continue to say yes to Him, we'll be able to walk through that challenge and see Him fight our battle, prepare our way, and bring our deliverance and call it our victory. Yeah, come on. Second point, fasting is an act of humility and consecration. We said that. In the book of Ezra, Ezra, they called a fast. He says, that Then I proclaimed a fast at this river, that we might humble ourselves before God, seek from Him a safe journey for ourselves, our children, and all our goods. There is so much that can go wrong when you're stepping out into new ground. And we're going to need God to trust God for us to be humble so that, When we get irritated with one another, when there is offenses that happen, that we are able to work through them, you have to just realize that when you're stepping into new things with God, the enemy will always try through offense being the to take people out and to bring confusion in the camp. And so we're going to all have to guard our hearts so that we have a safe journey to the other side of this. And I believe, as we humble ourselves through prayer and fasting. We'll receive God's answers to our prayer. Three, fasting helps us become sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Lots of decisions needs to be made. You're going to have to make lots of decisions this year. And God wants to guide you and lead you. See, if you put His kingdom first, then He's going to show you the wisdom to run your own affairs successfully. In the Bible, when they needed big decisions to be made, they were, uh, Acts 13, 12, they were going to appoint um, people to specific and uh, significant leadership positions. And it says that while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said to them, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. This is Saul who is also called Paul. Who ended up becoming an incredible missionary to Gentile nations. And it's probably the reason uh, why we are actually uh, Christians today. Because he took the gospel beyond the limitations of the Jewish nation. And he wrote two thirds of the New Testament, providing us with incredible guidance and wisdom on how to conduct our lives and how to conduct our affairs. Thank God they prayed and fasted before they made the decision of whom to give that job to. They gave it to the right people. When we deny ourselves of natural cravings and worldly distractions, we become more sensitive and dependent on God and on His voice. We're better able to focus and submit to His will. Number four, fasting brings revival. When we talk about revival, we're not talking about a week-long you know, series of services and and things. When we talk about revival, we're talking about transformation of society. We're talking about ungodly businesses closing down because their people repented of running those businesses. We're talking about people bringing their sin to the to, to uh, into confession and. Uh, dealing with things that have been hidden. We're talking about people giving their lives to the purposes of God first and foremost for salvation and after that for the work of the mission of the gospel in droves. We're talking about people wanting to serve Jesus because they don't see any other way moving forward. We're talking about a society where crime diminishes to a point of non-existence. We're talking about a society where um, we're where, 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 It is absolutely free to worship God in any place, even that of government and school systems. We're talking about a total rework of everything. Isaiah 58 holds a promise that I'm trusting God for. Your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall rise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. If any of you have any knowledge of any spiritual awakening that have happened in Acadia Parish, any significant move of God that that you know of or maybe your grandma told you about or something, I would like to know about that. It's actually quite hard to find in the historic, you know, history of, of Crowley anything where God has really moved on this city. And, and so if you hear of anything or see anything, please make me aware of it because there are ancient ruins everywhere where God's kingdom used to thrive and then maybe people lost their way that needs to be revived, needs to be rebuilt. Okay? Um, and, and, and we see some of the things where, you know, the city of Crowley, uh, used to be a, a, a place of prominence and then somehow it kind of just got relegated to the side. And I believe God wants to bring attention to this place. Why? Not so that the place alone may prosper, but so that people will be brought to the light of the gospel that's going to start shining here in an ever increasing brightness. And God is going to send people here. It's for no surprise that God. Open up a university in this town so that more young people can come to this city and more young people can find the light that is being shed in this city for the gospel, and for the kingdom of God. And so God is going to do more things like that, y'all. Why do you think, uh, do we have so many uh, visiting people here on Sundays, right? These are, these are all indicators that God is sending people here, but why is he sending them? He's sending them to the light. He's attracting them by his light. And so don't for any minute think that it's for another purpose other than the kingdom's advance that God is bringing people to the city of Crowley. And let me say this. He's going to bring more people here. Don't resist it. He's going to bring strange people here. Don't resist it. I understand nationhood and patriotism very well. But let me tell you, when something in the spiritual happens, it supersedes the agendas of the physical. And God is wanting to bring the nations to our city so that they might be saved, y'all. So that they might join the nation of the spiritual nation of God. And let us. Let us do both. Let us make sure that we, run, um, we, 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 we contend for good governance and for good policy, but let us also make sure we contend for the gospel to be able to reach people. We can do both. They're not mutually exclusive. Throughout history, God has brought revivals through people who consecrate themselves in prayer and intercession. And fasting helps us to prevail in prayer and intercession for spiritual awakening of our area. The last point is that fasting is healthy. The discipline of fasting helps us to break unhealthy addictions in our lives. If you can't say no to yourself physically, it's very difficult to say no to temptation spiritually. So fasting teaches you a spiritual discipline of saying no to temptation by saying no to your flesh. If you're struggling saying no to something, start fasting regularly. Train your body to obey you. Stop obeying your body. So I wanna, I wanna point your attention to a fasting guide that we're making available to everybody. And I'm, pl- I'm asking you this afternoon to go and pray, commit and act. First, I'd like you to, 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 to talk through this guide. There is a, um, where can we get the link? The link should go up on the screen for where you can download the guide that we're going to be using this week. It's a one-week intentional fasting and prayer guide. So, If you text pray to that number, you'll get texted a link. You can do that right now. So that you are able to to get the guide. Part of the guide will help you to decide what you're going to trust God for. On page 7 and 9, that should be on your screen also. There are goals that you can write down. Things and specific prayer requests that you're bringing before the Lord during this fasting time. It'll guide you through many practical things. Like just what do you want to fast about? You can write it in there. And there's even a place where you can start sharing that with a prayer partner that's going to work with you and pray with you and and, and every day check in with you how it's going. So I want to encourage you, use this guide. It's so practical that if you just read it page by page and you only have to do the pages that are relevant to that day for that day, you are going to have an incredibly intentional, uh, spiritual connecting time with Jesus. I want to encourage you, maybe not eat a massive meal this afternoon. Maybe not eat a massive meal this evening. So that tomorrow when you start fasting, you are not completely consumed by the hunger that you face. But remember, it is important that you do give up something that you need to say no to in order for you to redirect that effort and that focus to Jesus. While you are fasting, remember Matthew 4 verse 4 says this, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Being in the word, especially during the times that you are eating normally, especially during those times, is how you start making intentional time to activate this spiritual journey with Jesus. And let me ask you this, parents. Please teach your children to do this as well. You don't have to be irresponsible with their little bodies, but teach them from a young age how to fast and how to understand fasting and the benefit that there is for their lives. Remember, they don't face a junior devil. They face the same devil, the same temptations that you and I do. They need the same spiritual connection with Jesus and power of the Holy Spirit that you and I need, and they don't get a junior Holy spirit to be able to fight the same battles. Stay intentional during the week. Make sure that you set aside time. Pray personally and also engage our corporate prayer times. Every day there's going to be prayer opportunities. Starting tonight, we're going to Jennings Campus for all-campus worship night from 5 to 7. And then Monday 6 to 7, there's going to be one at the Crowley Campus. Tuesday morning at 7, we'll pray over Zoom. The link will be provided. Then the following day, Wednesday, it'll be at our office again from 6 to 7. And the Thursday morning on Zoom again, 7 a.m. in the morning. And the Friday, we'll end up with a big old worship night at the JMU campus doing prayer and worship together from 6 to 7. So please make sure that all this information is out there on social media, on our website. And if you text that word pray to that number, that will be up in the end of the service again. You will be able to get all the information as well. Refocus regularly. If you missed one day, don't miss two. If you missed two, don't miss three. Just refocus and get into it again. I'm really encouraging you to do as much as you can to be intentional during this time. It's only a week. And if you have to change your program, change your your, 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 your your schedule for one week, it's not that big a deal. But the impact it'll have on your life is incredible. Then it's advisable if you're you know, heavily into physical activities that you do see a doctor or, or just consider um, the physical exertion that your body goes through as you pray and fast and make wise decisions about that. Maybe don't go on a full fast, maybe fast breakfast or maybe fast, Something that will help you to still um, do what you need to be doing on the sports field or in your physically demanding job. And then when we break the fast, it's important. It's important. After having done all this, we're going to obviously break the fast. You want to want to eat, right? Don't go do all you can eat ribs at, you know, um, wherever they offer it. Where do they offer? Applebee's or something like that. Start with small portions. Just reintroduce yourself to easily digestible foods, because you know of the you know the, the follow-through effect that we don't want any of y'all to suffer and not be here for next Sunday. Um, and remember this: John one John five fourteen says this. This is the confidence that we have toward Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that he hears us, we know we have the requests that we have made of him. We have asked of him. So guys, this week, I'm hoping that we will see as many of you as can make it to our prayer engagements. If you can't come in person, remember those Zoom ones in the mornings because we wanna partner with you in prayer for everything that God wants for your life this year. And step into unity together to trust him for what he has planned for our church. Let's all stand. Probably the biggest thing we need to realize is that you can't stop praying once the fasting time's over. Hopefully, this introduces some new skills and some new disciplines to you that you can continue to work and walk in as you. Get to know the I am better and better and make him known more and more.